The only way you grow yourself is through a degree of difficulty. I mean, how do you grow? Do you grow through difficulty? I mean, that's basically how I see it is uh, like in many situations uh, with, with our homestead, we absolutely bite off more than we can chew. You know what I mean? All the time. Whether it be too big of a project, too big of a crunch line, or um, too many animals, or just so much at once. <laughs> and boy, we've done it. We've done it. And I'm sure you'll do it too. And by golly, let me tell you, sometimes the shit hits the fan blades, you know what I mean? But you know, that's how you grow. That's how you learn. You know, and, and learning through uh, biting off more than you can chew and actually seeing what you're capable of sometimes. Sometimes you'll really impress yourself and sometimes you completely unimpress yourself. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh my heavens, I've done it on both ends. Let me tell you. Good gravy. Man. Anyway, so uh, yeah, the other day I was kind of flicking through my phone here. And, uh, by golly, I got an email. Like, a real, actual email. You know, there's a, a, a ton of you listening out there. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I, 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 I absolutely appreciate emails, but nobody hardly ever does. And Emily emailed. And I was very excited to see what she emailed about. Very excited about the story she was telling me about where she used to live and where her family moved to. And they're definitely up and comers in the poultry homestead universe. So Emily, thank you. Uh, my wife and I sat down and read it last night and we both smiled. You know, that's what this is all about. You know, just real people doing real things and uh, not giving a holy fuck about what anybody else thinks. <laughs> Just doing it, winging it, making it happen. And doing it your way, in the way that makes you smile. So, Emily, you and your husband and your girls, totally awesome. I, I won't uh, say your last name due to privacy reasons. And, and, you know, hopefully someday we can have you on the podcast. I'd love it. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here. Good gravy. Yeah, you know, like uh, last podcast, I, I think I, did I ship it out on Sunday or Saturday. I don't really remember, and who gives a shit? But anyway, we j had just got done with a week of, like, snowpocalypse, okay? And it wasn't that bad. I think, what did we get, 14 inches or something like that was the total at the end of it. But out in California, let me tell you, Right now, I mean, don't get me wrong, the wind, the, the news will tell you the absolute worst spot they can find. You know, they got snow in feet, but um, they got a lot of snow out there. And you can clearly see on the news that they do not have the equipment that we have up here for getting rid of that snow. You know what I mean? I mean, that's one thing that I do. I, I run a snowplow for the county. 
And we go out there and we move fuck tons of snow all the live long day and it's totally awesome. I love doing it. It's, it's kind of a fun job actually. But anyway, out there, man, that would suck. And uh, there's people for days that aren't going to be going anywhere. Uh, those of us who live here on the, out, in the, out in the honky dickers, you know, out on the township roads and way, way rural county roads like, like us, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of used to being the last in line to get plowed out. But it's usually like a day, maybe a day and a half at most. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just to give you perspective, you know, there's people going days and days and days without getting plowed out. But there again, they don't have the shit to do it. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Glad I'm not over there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, we're, we're kind of working on a little bit of a series here these last few weeks as to planning your next flock or your first flock. Now, last week we were talking about what, as to whether or not you would be better off hatching or buying from the store, and that's totally up to you. You can't do it wrong. You're getting chickens for fuck's sakes. You know what I mean? So, no matter how your buddy does it, or how you do it, or how somebody else does it, it's perfect. They're doing it the way they fucking want to, so let them do it. Okay? Everybody's like, well, you should be hatching, and you should do it under a hen and have it be natural. Fuck them. Do it the way you want to do it. I don't care if you go down to the frickin' feed store, and buy frickin' guinea hens that you thought were turkeys. I don't care. So long as you do it the way that makes you happy. That's most important about that. Anyway, I just wanted to reiterate that. But anyway, so, you got your chicks ordered. A lot of times if you're at the feed store and you're just buying chicks on a whim, you're gonna buy a hell of a lot of other stuff that costs a lot more money than the chicks on a whim. Um... Or, if you just filled the incubator, you borrowed your buddy's incubator, which by the way, my incubator is available for anybody that wants to borrow it in the neighborhood. But uh, if you're borrowing a buddy's incubator or something, you've got time, okay? So what, how are you going to take care of how you are going to get this done? Okay, so you need a brooder and you need some kind of litter or newspaper, right? For your, for your new chicks. You need, you need a way to keep them warm. You need them to be contained so the fucking cat doesn't kill them. And you need litter. Okay? And you gotta keep them warm. So, one of the best brooders that I've found out, and my wife, she belongs to this group. It's, I think it's a list of People that own horses. Well, people that own horses have these things. They're called stock tanks. Stock tanks do not live forever. Okay? They eventually leak. So if you're in horse country, what you do is you go to all the horse farms and say, Hey, do you have any leaky stock tanks that you haven't thrown away yet? And you can get some pretty big ones. Um, and yeah. What you do is, is, is you get a leaky stock tank from perfect chicken brooder. I mean, unless there's a hole a mouse can get inside, that's not good. 
But I mean, leaky means usually it has like a crack on the bottom, something you can't even find usually, but it leaks. That's a perfect chicken brooder, okay? And then you're gonna need a way to heat the chickens after you get that stock tank. So, a way to heat your chickens now is to get either one of those uh, heat plates, they go inside. Now, the reason, I've never used one of these, but the reason I would think that one of these heat plates would be a very good idea is because it's not a light bulb, okay? Less likely to have a fire. I don't know how much less likely, I really don't know, but it's less likely because, and, and I'll go on a story here in a little bit about the light bulb thing. So, anyway, one of those things. Um, some way to keep the chicks warm, you know what I mean? Also, what you can do is you can get a heat lamp, and that's the method that we have been using, and we still use it. But you must exercise caution while using a heat lamp. And you know, if it's summertime, you may even want to put that heat lamp on a timer so that during the 100 degree heat during the day that it turns off, okay? Um, you, you can turn it off for a while. So anyway, you got your brooder, you got your litter of some sort. We use pine shavings, I, I don't know. We, we just like using pine shavings because they're around here and they actually last quite a long time. Um, square footage for a brooder, like if you get one of those 100 gallon stock tanks for a horse, you know, or a cow or whatever, um, you can have up to 20 chicks in there for a couple weeks now. Now, when after they start growing, you're gonna have to divide this shit up. But I mean, you know, for the rest of us that are just getting started, usually you only got a dozen perfect. A dozen is perfect in a brooder, a horse tank. You should be able to brood them all the way through on that. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, you, you, how, how many chicks you have is, is how many brooders you should have. You know, if, you, if you're getting anything over like 15, you're definitely going to want two brooders eventually, you know, because of, because of their growth. You're also going to be getting uh, feeders, and feeders are nothing. They're like five bucks. You know, if you get the chick feeders done at the thing. You don't even have to buy them, really. You can also just use dishes and stuff. But they do get the, the layer, or not the layer, the chick starter crumble all over the damn place. And you waste a lot of feed if you use just an open air one. So try to use waste-free ones if you can, or make your own, or whatever. You can feed is, as long as they have feed. And as long as it's in front of them, it doesn't have to be rocket surgery. Okay, water. Very important. You gotta have water. So make sure you have a chicken waterer or dishes full of water. Um, you don't really want, at, at first, at first you don't want like a deep dish of water because you don't want the chick to get in there and you don't want them to drown. Okay, because that can happen. So like the, the gravity feed waters, I mean, you can get them for just a couple bucks. Or what you would do is you would use a shallow dish and then fill it a few times a day. That way your chicks don't drown. Um, you can also put rocks in the dish, you know, so they don't drown. You know what I mean? Like rock your dish. Yeah. 
rock your fucking dish. Anyway, so um, those are the items that you're going to need, you know, your, your heat lamp or whatever. But now, I am going to tell you a couple stories about heat lamps that are really fucking scary. I know at least two people that have had garages and barns burned down from a heat lamp because they didn't exercise caution. Um, so, and we could have easily had this happen too, even though we did exercise caution. When you hang your heat lamp, that son of a bitch cannot move if anything hits it, bumps it, knocks it over. One of the kids frickin' decides to hang on it. It's not gonna move, okay? You have to do that. You, you need to either make sure that it breaks if somebody does that, or it doesn't move. You know what I mean? So you need to make sure that that lamp will not fall into the litter and start a fire when your chicks are in there. Because the chicks are the least of your concerns if you start a fire. Your garage, your house, your barn, that is a much bigger concern. Chicks are replaceable. The barn, the house, the garage, and insurance companies, all that shit, you don't want to deal with. So uh, make sure you do exercise caution while doing that. Make sure you hang it and you do a good job with that. Next, now this is what got us last year. So in the cold, we were using those actual chick bulbs that you find at the feed store. Um, they're cheap. They're like, you know, four bucks, five bucks a piece. It is a heat lamp bulb, okay? You can get them in 250 watts, you can get them in 150 watts, and, and they're true heat lamp bulbs. Last year, we had a red one and a clear one explode. And when they explode, they send sparks down into the litter, okay? The chicks damn near died the one time because it happened in the middle of the night. The other time, it was when I was moving the lamp a little bit in the brooder and it exploded. No, I didn't hit it. I was just moving it a little bit and it exploded. And there was sparks fucking everywhere. So we said, okay, we are no longer gonna use heat lamps and we just used regular 100 watt bulbs, okay? Now in some cases, um, a 100 watt bulb's gonna be enough, especially if you're in a heated garage or a heated house with your brooder. But I will warn you, if you're using pine shavings for litter in your house, you're gonna have a lot of dust in your house. But you know what, it's worth it. It's only for a few weeks, so no big deal. Anyway, really exercise caution when you use these heat lamps. And I'm not saying don't buy the heated lamp bulb. But what I'm saying is we just use regular incandescent regular, regular, regular bulbs. The kinds that you use in your house, the kinds that you use in your light fixtures. They're warm enough, um, unless you're outside. I, I would suppose if it's like 20 degrees or 10 degrees outside and you're in the barn and you've got your brooder out there, you might want to use a couple of those bulbs then. You may want two heat lamps with 200 watt bulbs. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking out for you, and I just wanted to tell you that through experience, yes, those 
Frickin' heat lamp bulbs. I'm, I'm done with them. Uh, they piss me off. They can explode. Even when our neighbors, they, they borrowed the incubator a while back. And we made sure that they knew that those heat lamp bulbs exploded. And I actually gave them a 100 watt bulb, which is really good because it was a really nice time of year. It was summer, 100 watt bulb, perfect, no big deal. And uh, they didn't have any problems, and that's good. He actually got a brooder from me uh, uh, later because I have like, I don't know, four or five stock tanks with holes in them. But um, brooding your chicks, you know, I mean, you'll have to decide how long you want to brood them or whatever. We actually have a horse stall we brood them in once they get a little bit bigger. And especially if it's summer, we'll actually just throw them in the horse stall and then make sure that they can't get out of any of the boards that are in there. And we'll actually just use that eight foot by eight foot little cow stall, horse stall frickin' thing we got. And uh, I'll put perches and stuff in there. It's actually pretty fun. It, it's kind of neat, especially for meat birds when we had 50 of them, we just threw them in there. No big deal, it was awesome. But uh, yeah, so your brooder setup is, is very important. Um, unless a, a hen naturally hatches them out, then the hen will take care of all the brooding for you because they'll get under the hen and uh, keep warm that way. But um, there is another thing that we do in the barn because I'm worried about predators. You know, like if you get a barn owl or something, or you know, you get a, a rat or a possum or even a raccoon or something comes in the barn because you know the cows walk in and out why the hell couldn't a raccoon walk in and out or a skunk or something um and you don't want them to kill your chicks so i actually made covers for the brooders i got two of them and hardware cloth is like a quarter inch by a quarter inch um wire uh woven wire like Welded wire, woven wire, I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's hardware cloth. <laughs> Go to the store and buy some goddamn hardware cloth. Okay, anyway. So I used that and I just I just framed up like a square for a round tank and it goes over the top. And I made a slot for the uh, the lamp to go through and I and I hang the lamp on screws and zip tie the little fuck out of it because like I told you I don't want the lamp to fall down in the litter and spread fire. So anyway. That's basically our brooder setup. Um, brooding. How long do I brood? Until uh, they're fully feathered. Until they're fully feathered. And you know what? Sometimes we'll keep them in there a couple weeks longer because we don't want them to get out of the fence in the chicken yard. We actually try to train them to, to stay in the coop um, that when they first get out there and train them to stay in a chicken yard, we don't free range them right away. We actually do that later. And it's fine, however you wanna do it, maybe you could free range them right away, but I just wanted them to come back to something. And I didn't want them perching in our barn because I don't want to be walking across cleaning up cow shit and then have a chicken shit on my head. I just don't want that. Um, so before I, once, once I put them in the, once I'll keep them in the brooder for a little while, sometimes up to like, gosh, how long did we keep them in there last year? I think it was a, pretty close to five weeks or something like that. Four to five weeks, you know, sometimes three weeks. I don't know, but uh, fully feathered, 
Then they go out in the coop. And, and then it's, and lock them in the coop for a good two days. Now I don't do this when it's 95 and humid outside and the frickin' sun's cooking. I don't do it then. But I let them out there, keep them in there a couple days, feed and water them in that coop, and then I'll just open the door to the coop one morning. Okay? And then they let themselves out. Alright? Now this does not work perfectly. Because you're gonna end up catching chickens some night right at dark, and it sucks, everybody does it, and you're gonna end up stuffing them in the coop. But usually, two to three nights of this, if you keep them in there for two days and they realize it and know it as home, they're good to go. And then after they've been in their pen for a week or so, you know, you got your little fence around it or whatever, and they come out of the coop, and you don't want to worry about catching them or anything, and you don't have to catch them, they always go back to the coop. After they've been in that pen for a week or so, then I will free range them. But like I said, I don't free range all day long. I actually only free range for, you know, 10 in the morning on, because we have dogs and we don't want them to kill the chickens, and we have our yard fenced off in such a way that they can do it many different ways, but uh, yeah, so as far as a brooder setup goes, we'll talk about all that other chicken shit later, but um, as far as a brooder goes and what you will need, those are the items that you'll need, you know, and you know, if you get a bag of pine shavings, especially like the big ones that you get at Menards or Tractor Supply or Fleet Farm, you know, your favorite feed store, they're always like three feet that's compressed down into two cubic feet. And that should last you quite a while in a brooder setup for like a dozen chickens or so. You know, you only need to cover the floor. You don't have to have it very deep. You can actually kind of screw yourself if it gets too deep. Because um, your chicken water -er will get full of shavings. And that's another thing. I usually take a two by six, like a nine inch or 10 inch length of two by six. And actually for chicken chicks, I'll set the, the little uh, water -er on there. Um, you can get a gallon water or -er, you can get a quart water. -er. It's up to you uh, how often you want to fill it. I like using gallon waterers because then you only got to fill it once a day. Um, and I do clean it out every single day. I, I dump the old and put the new in. That's why we live in the United States because we have the luxury of doing that with water. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I mean, you can use a quart waterer, but sometimes they'll burn that up. Um, I've just found that a gallon works. Plus that gallon waterer is easier to clean. You can get your hand inside and actually do that. And if you don't want to waste so much water, fill the fucker half full, okay? If that's something you're worried about. But anyway, I fill it all the way because you never know. I mean, one of those chicks might get a little thirstier than normal. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening today and God bless you. And you know what? Grow yourself. Push yourself to that limit once in a while. You know, give yourself something that, you know, bite off a little bit more than you can chew every now and then. You got to prove it to yourself, right? Impress yourself. Will you? Impress yourself. Anyway, thank you for tuning in, and Emily, thank you for emailing me. 
I sure appreciate it. I did email you back, by the way. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, what the hell? Uh, let's get this winter over with, shall we? Let's get this winter over with. Get your chicks. Start getting them ready. I suppose. Better get rocking. Anyway, have a good one. Thank you.